Welcome everybody out to Utah in the Weeds. My name is Tim Pickett. I am your host. You'll notice today on episode 70 that Chris Hollifield is no longer hosting. For right now, I'm going to host by myself. I love Chris. He's a great friend of mine and has turned his attention to his other podcast, I Am Salt Lake. I want to make sure that I give a shout out to Chris. He's He's been a great co-host, taught me everything I know about podcasting, about recording with people. He is an amazing advocate for the cannabis space, has given this podcast and everybody um, a lot of great content and a lot of great interviews. So a shout out to him. Um, I'm sad to see him go, but I'm, I'm happy for him to move on to his you know, real estate business, and he has a great family. If you guys ever need a realtor, Chris Hollifield is the reefer realtor as far as I'm concerned, and look him up if you ever need to buy a house or condo, anything in real estate. He's a great guy. You can, uh, reach out to him, um, and sad to see him go. It is definitely harder than it looks to do the podcast, and he makes it look easy. Today's episode, episode 70, is with uh, an interview with Chris Jeffrey, the CEO of Wholesome, as well as Richard Maloney, the head of retail with Wholesome. And I think everybody can agree that has been to Wholesome Co. and uh, been a part of their retail process. They have a stellar retail process. They treat everybody with great respect. They have a great staff in there. Um, all other people behind the counter uh, are second to none in the Utah market very happy to be involved in the cannabis space with them. My name is Tim Pickett. Again, I'm your host of Utah in the Weeds. You can find us on any podcast player that you can subscribe to, Apple, Spotify, and uh, you can also find us on online at utahmarijuana.org slash podcast, utahmarijuana.org. You can also find us on YouTube. And on YouTube, you're going to want to go to the channel called Discover Marijuana. That is my channel on YouTube. There's a ton of educational content there, and all of the podcast episodes from start to finish uh, can be seen and heard there on YouTube. Happy to have you guys subscribe to that channel as well. Today's conversation, we get into the delivery system of Wholesome. Wholesome Direct is what it's called, and the 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 trials and tribulations of being involved in this cannabis space as a retail operator for the entirety of 2020. Now, Wholesome Co. is uh, just over a year old. For those of you who went out to their anniversary, it was a pretty big event. And this is a great conversation about that. We touch on their grow and some products that are going to be coming out in the fall, some of their flower because they do have a grow license. So stay tuned on announcements for that. From a housekeeping perspective, I want to let everybody know to tune into the webinar series. So I do a webinar series with Zion Medicinal and Blake Smith every other Wednesday, next Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. This webinar will be on cannabis and inflammation. We're going to dive a little bit into the science. Those are really great opportunities to ask questions as a consumer, as a patient. So don't hesitate to uh, to log in to that webinar. You can find out more information there by signing up for our newsletter at utahmarijuana.org. Let's get into this conversation with Chris and Richard. Enjoy, everybody. We're, we're back with Richard Maloney and Chris Jeffrey. Remember, we were downstairs in the back of your 
What do you, what, I mean, what do you guys call it? Like, what's the internal word? For, is it the shop? Yeah, the store. The and store. That was the back office. So kind of like a restaurant has front of house and back of house. Uh-huh. That's our back of house, which also is our kitchen. Yep. <laughs> right. So we're in the, we're in the back of the store. Slowly and, evolved to delivery operations. Oh, back in that, in that area. That interview is now where it technically is a registered vault with the state. So we're capable of storing product in that room if we so please. And then you've also got delivery operations that are picking orders, packing orders, putting labels on orders, doing a second verification check when they're putting those items in the bag to make sure that they're the exact product that that patient's ordered. Okay, so this is a long ways from where we were a year ago. Right. Yes. Because it really was even more than a year ago we talked before. And we had no, I mean, we were just barely getting started. I think we talked on like August 7th. Oh, so almost. Yeah, because it was a grand was opening. August 12th, which we just celebrated the one year anniversary. You guys had a really awesome one year anniversary. So talk a little bit about like how is it, how has it been over the course of the year? Like, what have you seen with the program? Let's just go back from that interview and what's happened since. Because so much has happened. Yeah, I think internally there's been a bunch, but I think kind of starting at like the market level and kind of how the market's grown. I think, you know, the biggest question mark for me and and a lot of folks in this industry most likely is, or was back in the day, where is this program going in terms of patient counts? Are, are patients going to be active in the program? Those patients that may have been purchasing in other states, or they actually going to start purchasing here in, in, in Utah? And so seeing that, you know, kind of fast forward a year to August 21, I think we've been very pleased with kind of how the patient numbers have grown over the course of that year. And that's really kind of pointed to our original thesis where kind of the market was going to be, you know, at the end of three to four years, closer to maturity. And it's it's even ahead of pace from that original thesis. And so I think that's the the highest level kind of most important thing that, that has kind of come to fruition. And that kind of drives everything internally, whether, you know, we invest in delivery and how quickly we invest in delivery and how big we go with delivery. Yeah, because did you feel like you were going to have, when we talked before, did you feel like you were going to have delivery the way, we're going to get into this in, in like today in a big way, but did you feel like you were going to have delivery in the way you have it now? Could, like, could you foresee this? Was this in the plan? Yes, so... This was part of the plan before we even opened up the physical retail experience. We kind of pushed the state to get delivery launched. Uh, They weren't ready for delivery offering, mostly because of the technology and kind of gaps in data. And so we helped with the API creation to be able to enable delivery and in the tools that enable delivery. And so that was, we started on that work, you know, almost right when we opened up the store. But it wasn't surfaced from a compliance perspective until January of 21 this year. So we were hopeful that we actually launched delivery in 2020. We weren't able to do that. But soon thereafter, late January 21 is when we actually launched delivery. Um, so I, more or less, yes, this is kind of how we thought the, the, the market was going to develop and how we were going to kind of develop alongside that. But now we're seeing delivery you know, really kind of on this rocket ship. And so we're investing even further right now on, on the delivery operation, which is, is separate from the retail operation in that it's a whole different, different set of inputs and outputs. You have the supply side, which is your delivery vehicles, your scheduling and how many routes you have. You have your delivery drivers, which is a different profile of employee than you know 
an agent. You have your delivery ops managers, which manage schedules and, and availability through each zone each day. So it's just a different type of business that is, you know, you, you need the physical retail because obviously that's that's the the entity that's selling the cannabis, whereas delivery is more of a service business. And so it's a different set of tasks. And with that, we've added a whole customer support arm of our business, which we didn't have when we just first opened physical retail. But with delivery, there there can be cases where people need a quick question answered or they may want to replace a product on their delivery before it goes out. So Chris invested in a customer support team that now handle a lot of those issues once those orders are, are placed in our Q&MJ freeway and those orders are starting to hit the road. We have a team of people that are now dedicated to, to working with patients that have placed orders um, for delivery specifically. So when it, when it comes to delivery, you deliver, are, is there any place in the state you don't deliver to I think, now or you pretty much cover the whole? So right now, according to kind of the patient database, we're, we're, we're covering roughly 99% of the patients that are in the program today in terms of allowing for at least one day a week uh, delivery availability. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is delivery. And the, I want people to understand this because we're in Bountiful. We're upstairs from Wholesome right now. And we have, you have patients as far as, as far south as in St. George, Bloomington, down the far south tip of the state. You, we can go east into Moab. The, the one area that we don't have availability just yet is the very southeastern quadrant. Kind of like blending the four corners area yeah, that yeah. into, into uh, Montezuma Creek. Yeah, that, that's what's challenging is that if you look at the patient count down there, it, it's really hard for us to. I think there's last we looked was six patients or seven patients in the program. That's a five hour drive. It's a long, I rotated in Blanding in PA school, and oh my God, it's a long ways from anywhere down there. Like I feel for them, they need access. I, I get that, but you really need a retail center a little closer. It doesn't make sense to drive all that way. Sure. And, and I think that we just launched uh, Moab, kind of the, that area, oh, yeah. um, not too long ago, maybe a month ago. And we're seeing some great you know, growth there. And I think that we'll, we'll eventually cover that southeastern quadrant. But remember, we just launched this in January. So we're still less than a year into it. And so we, we, we do think we're going to have you know, 100% of the patient population covered here probably within the year of launching. So by January 2022. It's pretty impressive. And I think the state, I don't know, has the state given you feedback on like, they better be appreciative of your willingness to travel. Because is there somebody else who's doing this type of uh, delivery? I think there's one or two other operators. I don't know too much of kind of where they're delivering and how often they're delivering to certain areas. As I've told the team, like we, we have, you know, the components of building a business kind of, you know, in our hand right now. So let's focus on what we're doing. But I do know there's there's some operators. I think Dragonfly is doing some delivery. Mm -hmm. But remember, you know, this is a lot of our, our team is actually coming from the delivery world, the food delivery world. And so we have a unique advantage in, in kind of scaling an operation like but delivery. You've got the expertise. Yeah. And we did food before we did cannabis. And food is really challenging. You got to get it right in 45 minutes. And, you know, if you forget the fries, you have to go pick up the fries. Oh, my gosh. And so you're making about a <laughs> buck in order. So getting that right at scale is, is super challenging. And so we, we think this is a much, you know, it's not easy, but it's it's a different set of inputs and outputs that make it a lot more palatable than, than food. So how long does it take if I'm in, what's your average distance 
right? Average distance patient, let's put them in Orem yep. or, you know, point of the mountain down, down someplace a little bit further away. Oh, Draper. Let's mm-hmm. put them in Draper, right? Same day. So I order same day. Within okay, two hours. What's the process like? I go on, I'm a patient, mm-hmm. right? I come see me, Tim. Great. Get my evaluation. You know, three days later, takes about three days to get your card. You get online. You do a pharmacist consultation mm-hmm. uh, virtually right mm-hmm. now because we can do that. Yeah. Or in person if they want to do that. Or in person. You So you're registered. Mm-hmm. I get I get online. I can do an order. Take, take me through the process. Yeah. So I think the, the first step is the patient verification. So if you've already had a consult, we have automated that process to verify you in an automated way you know, by checking kind of the back end to make sure that you actually have gone through that consultation process. If you haven't, you can do the virtual consult or the in-person consult. And once you're approved in our system, our, in our database, then you can place an order, whether that's for pickup and pick it up in store or whether that's for delivery. Now, delivery, it really depends on where you're located. So in the kind of I-15 corridor, we have same-day delivery availability. So you can get your order delivered down to Draper, same day, which is a little bit later in the day. And then as you get closer to our store, like Salt Lake County, Davis County, and part of Weber, you can have same day, which is typically within a three-hour window. It's closer to on-demand, but it's not fully on-demand just yet. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's That's as on-demand as you need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good. we, we want to continue to offer more and more convenience. And on-demand is kind of the holy grail. But remember... Food is a different industry. Food is everyone's yeah, eating three I times a day. I think you're setting your bar. You're setting the bar so high with your background in food that you you're overkill. Yeah. Well, but that's not good. Yet. I mean, that's patient. Yeah. That's patient care. We'll get to right? a like, point of overkill, and we'll be like, okay, we we're overkill. <laughs> we're, we're not there quite yet. <laughs> yeah, I think we do in a way speak to our one of our core values, which is patients' needs define what we do and how we do it. And I think a lot of medical cannabis dispensaries or pharmacies or recreational stores in any of these states could make a similar statement that they're all about the patient, they're all about this. I truly believe that we embody that because we drove one order to St. George. That's a five and a half hour drive. Yep. We obviously don't make any money on that, but I, I truly believe we're embodying this, this motto of patients' needs, defining what we do. And we do go to these extreme lengths to get them their medicine. And I don't, I don't feel that there's very many competitors in the Utah market or other markets that are really committed to that convenience factor. And we're going to bring this thing to your doorstep. You don't even have to go anywhere. And I feel like we've made some serious strides in order to have like what Chris talks about, that on-demand experience, like you're ordering from DoorDash or any of those other platforms. Yeah, I think you know, I mean, I can talk to this about how my staff at Utah Therapeutic Health Center or what patients say. And it's, to be honest, it's hard to get, uh, it's hard for people to talk about anything else right now. The conversation really is around delivery and around how wholesome will deliver anywhere. And you've even recently uh, removed your delivery fee. So for a while you were charging a delivery fee but now, what makes you decide to do that? Are you, you know, do you get to a certain point of volume and you're like, okay, well, you know what, we we can we can do this. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at you know what we coin, and it's, it's you know something that any kind of consumer facing businesses looks at. Um, uh, it's your unit economics. So how much are you know what's the average order ticket value? 
Uh, how far are you driving? So what's the cost of your order? Um, and we've seen an increase in our average ticket uh, versus in-store, uh, which has given us the confidence that we can actually do this for free. Um, now, there's definitely orders that we lose money, like Richard just gave you an example. We'll deliver down to St. George. We'll take one order down. Um, we're losing money on that order, but that's okay. You know, we're still in this early kind of growth phase of our business. Sure. And you're building fans. Yeah. And then that's, we're, we've invested well ahead of, you know, where the revenue is today because we know kind of where the, the puck's going. Well, and I think to, to your point, Richard, the, the fact is these, the patients need it. You know I mean? The, the economics don't really work. We opened a, we opened a, a space in the same building as Bloom you know, and the economics of being in Cedar City, do not they're not the same as being in Mill Creek, mm-hmm. right? Where all the people are, but people need access. Yep. You know, regardless, people need access. And I just got back from North Carolina testifying in a state Senate committee meeting about the fact that this is medicine. Yep. So I'm totally on board with the argument that it just is like it is what it is. People need their medicine. And if you believe not... If you believe this is medicine and people need it like medicine, then this seems to be an easier argument to make, right? Well, we're just going to deliver down there. Well, and it's also, I think, to this point around access, like in a market like Moab where there's not a physical presence of a store, this is going to help with bringing more patients into the program that actually need the medicine. I think a lot of patients that don't have a store right down the corner from their house they may not join the program and they might be buying from a different state or just not even know that this is a medicine that could help them. And so by us offering delivery in such kind of a wide way, wide you know, access way, um, I, I think that that's going to drive, that has driven new patients to the program. And so uh, that's something we told the state from day one, you know, you guys enable us with delivery, you approve this and get us launched. We will drive more patients into the program. Have you seen with delivery, the expansion of like needing that patient, uh, almost like a, what we call it the patient experience team, you know, where I, where we, that's our team and you have to have this customer support team because it's a cumbersome. There's a lot of moving parts, lots of different systems that we're working within today to enable these deliveries. So I think when you add in a lot more moving parts, things become more complex and then you, you need to, you need to level up the service that you're giving people. Like, we as Wholesome Co. never want to hear a patient come in and say, oh, no one answers the phone or I never got a response from my email or never heard back on this question I had. We, we want to get out ahead of that. We want to proactively communicate with people. So when their orders are getting placed for deliveries where we have a full script that they're sending out when they send that text message that we've got your order all packed up for you, it's about to hit the road, we're overly communicating with our patients. And I think we've seen some feedback from them of like how awesome that is. They've they're getting like almost communicated to better than a DoorDash or a, a well-established food delivery company. So I think the more proactive we are in our communication with our patients, the, the better the experience is. And I think you need to have those warm bodies in a seat to, to have those phone calls and to answer those emails um, because you never want to leave somebody hanging. And it's a, it's a different type of business too than physical retail. Physical retail, most of the issues that arise are kind of in person. You can deal with them through your agents or your pharmacists that are here on, on staff in person and kind of, you know, face-to-face communications. Once you start scaling a digital experience, which delivery is that, your kind of front of line workers are 
virtual. You know, they're, they're the customer service people. And then from that, they field all the questions. If we need to kind of alert a pharmacist because it's a very specific medical question on how to use this category of products and if it's right for that person, that will then be uh, kind of offloaded to the pharmacist team versus maybe it's a phar- uh, an agent that actually needs to service someone uh, and, and some certain question or some certain concern. Um, but we have that front of line kind of worker to then take that call, whether it's an email or a phone call or a text and kind of route that to the right person. So it, it's, it is a different type of business than physical retail. When you order the product online and we get all the way to pay, we know downstairs, typically you're still using cash. What's the, but we can't use cash because the law It says right in the law, you can't use cash on a delivery driver. So what's the, like, how do you get over that? Yeah, so we started with uh, one provider that um, we had some issues with. Uh, It was kind of like a Venmo for cannabis type thing. So you had to like download an app and and kind of tie it to your bank account. So it was kind of a debit ACH transfer. That wasn't working as well. Um, And so one of the things that we unlocked just recently was we replaced that provider with a with another provider that was handheld debit swipe machines. So at the point of delivery. So just like if you eat out somewhere, I know in Europe, they had this everywhere when, when I was there. You sit at your table, they come up with that handheld thing, you'd swipe your credit card and your funds would transfer. Now this isn't credit card, but it's debit card. So you actually swipe your debit card, you type in your pin and funds are transferred at the point of delivery. And so that's really solved a lot of the issues that we had with that with that first solution that we're using. So now I get all the way through the cart. I select my products. You verify that I'm a patient. You verify that I have the limits associated with my my recommendation in the system by my QMP. And now you, you launch that delivery. They come to my house. I haven't paid anything yet. I, I'm there. I have to be there. Just so everybody knows, the patient has to be there with their ID. That's right. You have to verify that with the driver, the the delivery. What do we we call them? Yep. The driver, right? And then we uh, and then you use a debit card, mm-hmm. and that's the only yep. source of payment that you'll mm-hmm. take. So they don't have any cash, and I just swipe my debit card right yeah. there. Now, what if the pro? Do you ever run into like, oh, I brought the wrong product, or I need to change the amount of the bill, or all that things like is, that? Or is this pretty much yeah? Dialed? All that stuff is dialed in before, and we have multiple kind of points to, to check that that I, I think Richard alluded to that earlier yeah. where we have multiple teams that are checking to make sure that order is exactly the order that has been ordered. The one issue that we've had come up a couple of times is that, you know, someone swipes a debit card and for some reason the funds aren't in the bank account. Mm, in the right Unfortunately, account. we can't drop off the order. We have to collect the payment. And so um, in that instance, we'll have to return the order and then we can schedule it for the next day that we're actually in that area, uh, which is typically the following day. But, you know, we've had a patient or two that they get upset um, because they've been waiting for their order. The order shows up and the oh, funds shoot. aren't there. They don't have the funds. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of... Look, that's that's not on you. Yeah, you know, it, it, I get you're, you're right. But it just... So we actually do a lot of communications prior to the order to say, make sure you have your debit card, your ID. You're going to be there. You're going to be do there. Do you ever run into, like, you show up at the house and the patient's A couple of times. I mean, it happens from time to time. But I'm actually pretty impressed. Like, people are at home ready to get their medicine and they're kind of there with a big smile on their face when you show up so i think our delivery drivers feel like superheroes when they come back to the shop after a day's work because everyone greets them with open arms well the key there though is um you are able to select the time that works for uh the order to be dropped off so if there's a time today that doesn't work 
Um, when you're going through that ordering process, you select, okay, from 3 to 5 p.m., for example. Well, if that doesn't work, you can order five days or actually six days in advance. So you could say, well, tomorrow from 10 to noon works better. And so you can select that window that kind of works for your lifestyle. Um, and that's you basically committing to say, yeah, I'm going to be, you know, home at that two hour time frame, And then we alert you before we leave that, Hey, you know, make hey, sure we're that on you're our here. Way. Yeah. Something came up and, and I'm not going to be home. And then we'll work to reschedule that for a more convenient time. I just think this is awesome, especially in Utah, where there's going to be a lot of people. There's a core group of cannabis consumers that are going to use cannabis regardless of the law. There's going to be a core group of patients that have been using medical cannabis and now are are legally accessing it. But there's beyond that, especially in conservative states, there's going to be a, a group of people who don't feel comfortable coming into the store per se, and a group of people who can't physically get here, right? That's right. We do home visits. We don't do a lot of them, but we do home visits. These are people who can't get to a clinic. These are people who need home delivery. And I think that at getting access into like expanding that to people who aren't quite comfortable. Your cars are unmarked, yep. right? There, it's just a car just, yeah, yeah this car just shows up and a, and a normal looking individual comes to the door and, and mm -hmm. this is a professional thing. I think that uh, that opens up cannabis as a legitimate medicine even more, right? Which is really all three of us talk about this all the time when we meet. We're trying to legitimize cannabis as medicine and get people to just think about it as a as another tool in the toolbox of you know whatever's in the medicine cabinet. In, um, in the experience, to your point, it, it's it's as close to kind of a FedEx driver dropping off a box. There's a couple other steps in that kind of drop off um, that that we need to check the ID, we need to collect payment, but it you know it's not products just kind of in someone's hand they're handing it off and you can clearly see what it is it's it's a discrete packaging yeah. looks like just another box that you know you would get from a fedex driver it's pretty cool except we don't have anything that says fedex on the car either right <laughs> <laughs> so when we talked a year ago product availability was a massive issue it was a it was an issue even though we didn't have as many patients in the program as we do now now I think we're up to you know roughly 35, probably between 35 and 40,000 legal cannabis users in Utah, and the product selection has gotten better. Product availability seems to have gotten better, but we're still waiting, guys. We're still waiting on flour from Wholesome. True. When? Come on, when? So you should we're start excited. to see flour hit our shelves and other pharmacy shelves in November of this year. So we just finalized all of our packaging that looks amazing. We're working with a group out of Santa Rosa that's called Tree Hugger. Um, they're a sustainable glass group. So all of our glass jars are already made from 50% recycled glass. All of our lids are made with recycled ocean plastic. So we know we're not 100% there, but Wholesome Co. is making a commitment to doing what we can to be a sustainable company. The cannabis space in general has a lot of waste and we are going to try to do our part to, to mitigate that waste. So all of our designs look amazing. We work with a group out of Kansas City called Carpenter Collective. Um, we will be offering 14 gram and 28 gram units as well. 
So we'll have four strains that are coming out of our, our greenhouse. Um, and that's up north in Garland, Utah. So I'm really excited. I've kind of been patiently waiting for seeing us at, at mass production, which is we're about to turn that corner. So there's like a new chapter of Wholesome Coast history. And I think patients should start to get really excited about our harvest two and harvest three because we've we're stockpiling some pretty awesome genetics. Grandiflora being one of them, which is an Oakland-based genetic group. We have some strains from them that none of the other producers out here in Utah have. So that's the type of stuff that gets me really excited every morning is I know that while it may not be here today, I, I know what's coming in the future. And I think a lot of patients are going to be happy with the, the quality of product they see from us. And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that when we started this business, we wanted to really define kind of how we grew products and what products we actually grew and how we grew them based on what the patient was telling us. And so starting with the retail business and understanding that data and what they want, what they don't want, how they're buying, you know, what's the cadence of their purchases, that all was used to define kind of our first big phase of cultivation expansion, um, which we're getting, you know, next week we should harvest. Um, And so... That's the uh, the crop that Richard's talking about that's going to hit the shelves in November. Yeah, I think, I mean, from my perspective, originally, you know, everybody was just on all of the growers. Why are you not growing? Why are you not growing? And Wholesome took a little bit of a unique pr- a- approach compared to a couple of the others, right? Focus a little more on the service experience, getting this delivery out. And to your credit, in my opinion, you've done a really good job. I think the market has, or the growers have have grown enough product. It, it seems like there's enough product in the market now for the level of, for the number of patients. And you have filled a gap in the market by the delivery and the retail side. So in the beginning, while I'm sure there was, you know, there were people on you, you know, to get your products out to market. On the other hand, had you done that and emphasized that, you may not have been able to access, you know, that patient in St. George or Bloomington like early enough. So that's right. It is, you can't do it all. Right. So, but that being said, we're all pretty excited because you're one of the last, right? There's a little, there's a little bit of anticipation. You're so good at this. I think the bar has been set pretty high <laughs> for, for the level of quality <laughs> yeah. you got to come up with now yep. on the product side. Do you not agree? Hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. Right. You, you got to be good at each step of the supply chain if you're actually going to build out the entire supply chain. But from our point of view, it starts with understanding patients, and I think that you know, kind of building cultivation in a silo based on what you may like or what works for you as a patient is not necessarily what works for the market. And so I think we've done the kind of build it the opposite way, uh, and we have some great partners that have kind of helped us get to this point. But to your point around investing, you know, in certain areas and deciding where you're going to invest first, second, and third, you know, again, understanding patients was number one, which was kind of wrapped up in delivery and making sure that, you know, we could access more patients. And so that, you know, few million dollar investment in building out delivery, which we're continuing to invest in today, um, that has allowed us to offer delivery to, you know, people all over, all over the state, which to your point, if we chose to invest, you know, really heavily in cultivation and or processing manufacturing, we probably wouldn't be scaled nation or statewide with delivery. What have been some surprises you've seen or or things in the program over the past year that have just been interesting or not or 
you know, things you want changed? That's a good question. I think um, having had so much experience in other markets, I think that certain ad advertising regulations could potentially be looked at. Like I'm not complaining at where it is today. I understand it's in medicine, but I, I do think that that's an area that should potentially be looked at because I do think at the end of the day, patients, if they're looking to medicate with cannabis, there's probably a lot of people out here in the streets of Salt Lake and Bountiful that might want to try it, but they just don't have a clue. There's a program that exists because they can't find any information or they may stumble across your feel better yeah, billboards. The, the, yep. um, but there's there's not too many outlets for them online or in other places to to learn that there is this program that exists. And there are doctors like you that are willing to sit with them and talk about their condition that they might have. Um, so I think that's one area that could potentially get some loosening down the road. For listeners, dispensaries, medical cannabis pharmacies in Utah are not allowed to advertise. So when you see, um, so you, you won't see a billboard that says Wholesome Co. Medical Cannabis Pharmacy. You won't see a, a Dragonfly Medical Cannabis Pharmacy billboard. That's not going to happen, right? You don't see a commercial. You don't see print advertising. When you see Heal You, uh, you know, when you see that, that's a CBD advertising. Mm-hmm. And third parties, you might see a Wholesome Delivery. Uh, wholesome Direct. Wholesome Direct. That's a third party, quote unquote, third party. I am a third party, utahmarijuana.org. That's a third party. So you can see my billboards. So there's there's ways to navigate that scenario, but it's not, but it's regulated and... It's not as clear. I mean, from a communications perspective, you know, us as a pharmacy communicating with patients or prospective patients can be much more clear in terms of how we communicate and what we communicate if we were allowed to do it. Otherwise, like you'll see billboards for Wholesome Co., which are focused on our delivery service, but you're not going to see us talk about product, product offering. It's really just promoting a delivery service, which is a third party. So it's not a direct communication kind of channel or way of communicating that's very clear to the patient. Yeah, it doesn't, it, there isn't that clarity of communication. That's a good way to put it. So what about qualifying conditions? Do you find that patients are coming in? I mean, this is, this is interesting to me too. I, you know, do you find that patients are coming in, their qualifying condition is pain and, and yet they're using it for secondary conditions. And do you get a lot of that? Do you feel like on the retail side? I see, I feel like we see a little bit of it. Like, um, you'll potentially have people that come in with pain as their qualifying condition, but they have like diabetes or they have like neuropathy pain or yeah, different, different types, types of, of things rooting from somewhere, but or it's or it's pain and they can't sleep because of the pain. True, and so it's we kind see of this, a lot of that. Yeah, I have pain in my shoulder and I just, I'm up all night because like it's it's painful to sleep, you know, and so they're actually using you know medical cannabis for the pain, but it's actually helping them sleep. So it's like a secondary diagnosis that's not really we're not tracking that. There's a lot of talk in the and like on our side. In fact, I talked to your pharmacist in charge, Kylie. You know, and, and we're trying to figure out how do we how do we navigate this because we're, you know, we're how do you develop products when pain is the qualifying condition, but they're using it for sleep? You know, do you develop a sleep product? And how do you know how how much sleep product to develop? Because pain is the qualifying condition. You're not really getting a true sense 
of what patients are using cannabis for. We and this is probably something that's for our later discussion, you know, but because the program is still small compared to, I don't know, where, where do you see it going, right? 35,000 now. I mean, what's the projection? You guys even know? What, I feel like what if, do you sleep, think? if sleep was added as a condition, this would be a whole different ballgame out here because I talk to patients down there daily that are getting off Ambien and they, they can't sleep at night for some PTSD type related condition or they're a veteran that's back here from Afghanistan and but they may not have PTSD as a qualifying right, right. quote unquote so they don't have come in for pain but they actually have PTSD or CPTSD and they're trying to figure out how to just get access to the medicine so potentially and I hate to say this but when they're talking to their doctor they may actually feel more comfortable saying I just got back pain because they're going to walk out of there with the card or do they really get into the nitty gritty of the true pain that they're dealing with? Right. The trauma that they're right. dealing with and what they really want to feel better. Yeah. You know, like using this to feel, to feel something different or to relieve symptoms. Right. Cause like depression, that's not a qualifying, yeah, not a qualifying condition. condition. But do you, is depression pain? Do you guys, are you capable um, of seeing a lot more patients are you, you know, is this something that, okay, we've, we've kind of maxed it out or we've got a lot more room to grow? Yeah. I mean, I think um, in a growing market, in a growing business, you could kind of have to kind of redefine um, yourself along the way. The same business and SOPs and how you're set up to handle, you know, a hundred patients is not the same to handle a thousand patients in a day or a week. Um, and so you're constantly you know, looking at what you're doing and how to improve upon that. Obviously, you mentioned the one-year anniversary. Like, we had lines everywhere. And <laughs> you guys had the line out the... The drive-thru. I mean, the drive-thru was up to almost the light at some points. I mean, <laughs> so, like, how do people get into Costco? So, it's funny you mention <laughs> that because when we opened the store, that was one of our concerns is that, are we going to have a line kind of out of our parking lot into the Costco parking lot? Because that's not going to be a good thing. Costco's not going <laughs> to really would appreciate not that. Be good. Or, or do you have the line wait? Do you have the line circle around in front of Deseret Book? Yeah, maybe. That's an interesting yeah, spot, Depot right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, oh, it's Office Depot now. It used to be Deseret Book. No, there's no I think Deseret they're, yeah, they're still there. It's right yeah, here, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was be definitely ironic. backed up to Deseret on the anniversary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, that system, quote unquote, broke. Uh, delivery, we were, you know, we had to turn off delivery. So, like, it's good to see, like, your breaking points. Like, I, I constantly try to challenge your team, like, where's our breaking point? You know, whether it's sourcing inventory and buying too much inventory or whether it's getting too many deliveries in or, or having a line out of your drive through that's too long. Like, but at least you know, okay, well, we've hit that breaking point. Now we have to kind of reconfigure what we're doing to be able to handle that level of volume. So we're doing that literally once a quarter. Yeah, we've fully outgrown the original vault space we have, vault spaces we've had. So we've got some things in the works that we're working on remodeling. So a much larger space to house all of the product that we provide patients. So I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah, that's your wheelhouse, yeah, right? Yeah, so it keeps everything it's clean right your back wall. and organized. <laughs> um, so we've been kind of patiently waiting for that to happen because 
I know I wanted, I wanted more space and you were like, yes, I remember originally you're like, yes, Tim, you can have all that space all the way to the backside of the building. And a then month later. as a month later, you're like, oh yeah, Tim, you can't have any more space. We need it all. Yeah. So, which is good. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm impressed with the growth that we're seeing. And I think that we just want to continue to, to, to build the momentum. And I think Chris is really good at keeping the team here motivated at all levels of like, let's let's keep going with the momentum. Like we're, we're doubling down on the things we're doing right. Um, and so I think that that kind of mentality from our top leader does start to trickle into everybody else. And so you got people down here that are just pharmacy agents, but they're invested like they're our biggest shareholder. So we're, we're trying to just foster a mentality where everybody is willing to roll up their sleeves and do the work. And um, nobody is greater than any job down there, whether it's a delivery job or you're the pharmacy agent, you're the security guard at the front, we're all trying to just get everybody speaking the same language and on the same mission of serving patients. That's pretty cool. Is there anything else that you want to bring up, talk about? Yeah. So um, we're investing, one area that we're investing heavily in outside of all the other areas is uh, we're building uh, out better technology for kind of connecting the front of our experience, which is the registration, kind of building a profile for yourself with the e-commerce layer. Part of that is Apple just announced about a month ago that they are going to allow native apps in their app store, which up until a month ago, and I remember when I was at Leafly with, with Richard, we fought Apple every month trying to get our app in there. They just announced a month ago that uh, licensed uh, operators can actually surface a native app. And so we're uh, under development for that right now. So that will launch most likely early 2022. So I know it's four or five months away, but we're really excited about that. So people can download an app, they can register, they can talk to pharmacists, they can order delivery, they can order pickup, all within one native app experience. Oh, that is going to be, I mean, it really is going to be a game changer for that type of thing. We've looked into the same thing because patients want access to, you know, when does my card expire? I want to make sure that I'm I'm up to date on on what's happening. You have a great system, by the way. I got my text message like a month before it was going to expire. I got my email. Smooth communications. Thanks. Wholesome it's communications. Wholesome <laughs> communications. It takes a lot of like you guys now. I mean, like like we were talking earlier with your delivery. I mean, it takes an army of people to to really just navigate these little. It's little pieces of the EVS system. It's little pieces of MJ. I mean, for the most, like 80% of the program works fine. It works smooth. But there's these little things that are like, you've got to scroll down and save and submit, people. Save and submit. Scroll down to the bottom of the EVS. Gosh damn it, save and submit. (laughs) And, but it's these things that it takes, it's about the patient, right? It's, it's about we we all have the same goal in mind. We just want patients to be happy. We want them to feel better. We want them to use less prescription medications. We want to legitimize our our you know what we're doing, and it is it's legit. Like I said, in North Carolina, forty nine thousand people died in two thousand nineteen of opioids related deaths, and zero people died of cannabis related deaths. And if if you know we say nothing else today. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, this has been awesome, guys. Thank you. Well, we appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for Tim. coming back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this has been fun. 
wholesomeco.wholesome.co.wholesome.co. Yep. Go online, register as a patient. If you're not registered already, use you try it out. Try their delivery, delivery system. Free delivery now. Load some stuff up in your cart. Debit card. And I mean, same day delivery here in the in the local area. You're getting to pretty much everywhere you deliver to at least once. At least uh, once weeks a, week. a week. And and for most of those, like St. George, we have two days a week that we're offering delivery. So you can, you know, schedule that in advance. So you come on on a Monday for delivering there on a Friday. You can just select your time frame. Um, and so it's a little bit different than truly like on demand or same day, but there's availability every single week for all 99% of the patients in Utah. You just need to set your Amazon day and your wholesome code <laughs> delivery day for the same day during the week. Exactly. You're going to be home, sign for it, and you'll be all set. Thanks, yep. guys. Thank you. All right, everybody. Uh, you know, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. You can download the podcast there. You can see uh, summaries of the podcast. Um, thanks for listening. This is Tim Pickett. Stay safe out there.